Hey church family and friends watching around the world, welcome to Garden Church Sunday. There's only one problem, today's Monday. Uh, there's nobody in our garden. Uh, we had a big crowd gathered here yesterday, but we also had a technical glitch, which meant that none of our Sunday service recorded. Through our, our six summer weeks of Garden Church, we're not live streaming, but you'll be aware we're putting up the Sunday service on a Monday for people to catch up. Uh, and watch and participate in. So we're really sorry we haven't got that for you. Um, however, uh, Kaz has done her teaching in our Metamorphosis series through Philippians 4 uh, to camera this morning. So in a moment, you're going to be able to see that. And we also had the privilege yesterday as well as worshipping and enjoying some times of prayer and prophetic together. Uh, but we also had the joy of hearing uh, some testimonies from some of our teenagers back from the awesome New Day camp. Uh, seven, eight thousand teenagers from around the New Frontiers family of churches. Uh, and so, although it's not our normal camera quality, we have got, uh, some mobile phone, uh, footage of some of the testimonies for you as well. So we'll put those on in a moment. Uh, and then the teaching, uh, from Philippians 4. And we hope that that encourages you and stirs you uh, as you watch and pray with us all around the world. Let me just pray now and uh, and we pray God would speak to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you're doing in our lives, all that you've been doing in this garden yesterday and in our hearts. We pray for each of those watching uh, this uh, these portions of an online service now, uh, that you will speak Holy Spirit, that you will encourage them. We pray faith will come through hearing as they listen to the teenagers' testimonies. And we do ask you that through the preaching of the word, many hearts will be changed and transformed uh, and the very real presence of Jesus uh, will make his home in people's hearts. Through faith we pray in your name. Amen. God bless you and uh, we hope you enjoy what remains of the service. See you next week. Some testimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's start with ladies first. Ladies first. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello, um, I'm Manuela, one of the twins. And I didn't really have anything prepared, so I'll just say what I feel should be said. So, um, New Day was really good, obviously, um, and before New Day, I've been praying and all my prayers were answered, wow, like, God literally spoke to me and he used people to speak to me and prophesy over my life, wow, so that was really cool, and I've also been praying before New Day for the gifts of tongues, and then this lady came and she was like, uh, God is saying that it's a gift, because I, in my mind, I always thought I had it in me and I just had to unlock it. But then this lady was like, no, it's a gift. It's not in you. God is going to put put, yes. put it in you right Amen. now. And I find it's working to me for the first time. And I'm really happy about that. Praise God, guys. And it was just amazing. And so many people think it's just for the teenagers. And it's really not. You know, God speaks to everyone at New Day. Yeah. And don't feel like you don't, you can't go because you're not in between the age of, uh, you're not in between your seven or college. It's for everyone, and God speaks to everyone at New Day and throughout this whole journey. So, yeah, I really encourage you guys to come and help at New Year or with the youth because like yeah, God is good. <laughs> I mean, uh, going on top of what... Oh, can I go on top of what Ella said, um, yeah, it was an amazing time. And I think for me personally, going into New Day, I um, obviously it was my second time, so it was. Uh, I was trying not to go in comparing it to last year because last year was an amazing time. Um, but I think going into New Day, I would 
I would say I'm safe, and you know I've, I've, I've had a tough and um, and but I really feel like going in. I was kind of I didn't feel like God had my full heart, and I feel like I um, I was really wanting to work in that, and um, yeah, so I was really praying um, and asking Him to give me some clarity on that, and um, on the one night I um, I was praying about this as we were worshiping. And um, I literally, I just opened my Bible. I know this is probably not the best thing to do, but I just opened to a random page. <laughs> and um, a while ago, because I read um, Proverbs, I don't know if you can see this lovely highlighting I've got in here. Which uh, <laughs> in the dark was glowing. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but in the one verse in, uh, in chapter, Psalms um, chapter 31, I just had this little um, bit that I've kind of, um, squared out in pencil through all the highlighting and um, <laughs> I, just, I saw it right away and it, it says um, it's verse 14 and 15 um, and it says but I am trusting you O Lord saying that you are my God my future is in your hands yeah. um, and I felt that really that really spoke to me and actually um, the day after that Nikki um, came and Nikki Cameron came and spoke to me and she gave me a picture of um, I was in a <laughs> I was playing rugby um, <laughs> <laughs> no surprise. Um, and she really felt that I had just, I've been going, obviously, I've been selected for some team, and she, I'd been really getting kind of battered and bruised in in the scrums and in, 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 the, in the game. And she really felt that I had just been, I've been freed from that, and God was kind of setting out this path for me. I can't say I remember it fully, because I couldn't actually hear it properly through worship, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that's that's um, probably my testimony for them. But I think um, you know, I brought one of my good friends um, with me, me and Misha from my school. Um, his name's John, and um, he, um, yeah, he would have probably said he was a Christian before that. Um, he, they, his family wouldn't regularly go to church, um, and he, we go to a Catholic school, um, so it's uh, a bit of a hate hate love relationship with them. But <laughs> they. Um, Actually, he managed, he managed to come with you, been coming to youth, and um, yeah, so he, he gave his life to God, and um, yeah, it was the first time I actually saw him cry, so it was amazing. And it's just to see how if I hadn't asked him um, to come and light a candle after one of our Wednesday worships, and then had the conversation and asked him what he believed, and invited him to youth, he would have never been there, and never been able to do that. So yeah, God was God doing amazing. Brilliant. Thank you. Woo! Guys, uh, my name's Misha. Um, I don't normally come to um, uh, this church. I come. To, I go to another church. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share um, something that I felt stood out to me in um, one of the talks. Um, so one of the talks um, was a guy called Steve. I can't remember what his surname was. Um, but basically, he was talking about a vision that he had, um, and it was about the end times. Um, and it was crazy because um, basically, what it was, he saw loads and loads of people in the field. And, um, and then a trumpet sound was being played and there were three responses to that trumpet sound and, and one of them was people, people just like not even hear it, people were so engrossed in what they were doing and like in their own agenda that they weren't, they didn't even hear the call of God saying you need to rise up. Um, the second response was 
people would hear it, they'd look up, but they'd choose not to, not to respond and not to rise up. But the third response was people would hear it um, and then they'd, they'd rise up and they'd say, yes, Lord, I'm here for you. And then they'd all, they all grew in stature. They all grew um, and they became warriors. And um, what I found was amazing was that through that, I, I felt Jesus was saying, I'm coming soon. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, Jesus, that's amazing. I know you're coming soon, but like, like how soon? Um, and he, felt, he just said, I'm coming soon. And um, so whether it's this generation or next generation or generation after that, I just want you guys to be encouraged that everything that you're doing now, make sure that you keep looking up. You, yes. You'll keep looking up to yes. Jesus to make sure that it's in his agenda yes. and not your own. And that you're, you're, you're still, yeah, you're still making sure that you're on God's path for you. You're doing his will. Yeah. And that you can be encouraged in that whatever you may be doing, that if it's in God's will, it's good. And, and he will he will make sure it's in his plan. And yeah, he will just raise up warriors. And um, yeah, that really encouraged me and I hope that encourages you guys too. Wonderful. Wow. I really, really enjoyed New Day this year. I felt the presence of God really come over me. But first of all, I just want to shout out our leaders. They did a great job. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and so um, I felt the most presence of God on the healing night. So Thursday evening, the meeting. And um, there was a guy, I forgot his name, Adrian Holloway, I think. And he prayed over physical healing for everyone. And I really felt amending in my heart with the connection of me and God. So yeah, that, that was that was the healing for me. It, it wasn't a physical healing, but yeah, it was it was my Jesus. connection with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So Jesus. yeah, and um, yeah. I think it was the same night that I gave my life to Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I think it was that same night that I like I kneeled down and I really felt the presence of God, and I had a few visions. I can't talk about them now, it's a long story, but they were very, very clear, as if I was really there, the visions. And um, yeah, it really, um, it shocked me. I was gonna say scared, but it shocked me. It shocked me quite hard to see, to see how um, how powerful the the might of God is. So yeah, yeah, yeah well done. Well, I'm from the Netherlands. Hey, Gideon. Hey, Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, New Day, uh, this is my third New Day. Uh, went back in 2018 and um, last year. And it was, for me, what stands out the most each New Day is the worship. Just to see thousands of youth, um, just their full focus on Jesus, uh, giving him all the glory and nothing to themselves or the people around them. And just fully, fully surrendering to him. And just, um, yeah, it's such an empowerment and it's... It takes, yeah, and it's also very beautiful to see everyone praying for each other. A big, it's like community, and just, um, yeah, it's very, you feel very warm, and it's very, yeah, it's very loving. And Amen. it's really, it's really good to Amen. go there as a Christian and a non Christian. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a wonderful time. Um, many people healed, many people delivered, um, wow. people wonderful. gave their life to Christ. I believe there were 300 people healed or some maybe yeah, 400, right. 300, 400, something like that, yeah, and um, uh, a lot of people giving their life to Christ, and it's just Praise so beautiful God. to see, and the fact that you could just pray for people um, without them, like, looking at you weirdly and just, like, <laughs> it's just crazy that, like, um, it's so loving, and everyone is, everyone has something um, that connects them, 
disciples, and that's Jesus, and it's, yeah, it's been beautiful. Yeah. Things we have heard and know, things our ancestors have told us, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, and the wonders He has done. You are the next generation. And this church loves you, and you keep praying for you. You take the gospel for universities, for internet, for your friends and everywhere. You carry the torch and the mission. God has chosen you guys for this. Let's pray for them. Hi. We're going to carry on today with our preaching series for the summertime, looking at Philippians 4 and verse 6. All about worry, all about anxiety, because the world around us is constantly telling us that we should be worried. We should be anxious, whether it be the media, you know, the TV the newspapers, the radio, there's always something bad that we're listening to or watching. There's social media and all that that shouts out at us. There are loud voices around the world that speak to us and tell us of all the negativity that is going on and growing within our world. But the word of God speaks clearly to us. And it says, do not be anxious. So let's have a look. Let's have a look at the verse that we are going to read today. As I say, it's Philippians chapter four and verse six. We're going to look at it through a couple of translations um, just to help us understand a little deeper. The first one is from the NIV, which is the new international version. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So, as I said, we're going to look at a different translation. We're looking at the ASV, the American Standard Version. It's a little bit more helpful for us because it's a bit closer to the original Greek as it was first written. It says... In nothing be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made unto God. Now, worry has been a part of human life since the very beginning, from the Garden of Eden. And through time, creative people have, they've written stories about worry. There have been many songs written. There have been poems written. There is art created, all concerned with worry and anxiety. Now, we had a little shout out yesterday when we were in the garden. Does anyone know the Bobby McFerrin song? Yeah, Don't Worry, Be Happy. A very well-known song all about worry. Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber in more uh, recent days have come together and collaborated on a song and they wrote it um, called I Don't Care, all about Sheeran's anxiety. So many others have done it. There are so many songs that sing about people's anxiety because it's a familiar emotion. All of us have faced anxiety in one way or another. 
some far more than others too. And some are really deep in anxiety and seemingly cannot break free of it. And let me say, if you haven't experienced anxiety up until now, the chances are you will do at some time. So how do we handle worry? What does God's word say to us about it? Because God's word is actually very practical. Within scripture, there is so much of his wisdom that is given to us in, in ways that help us how to live, how to understand, how to navigate our lives. And there are actually over 50 verses that speak to us on worry and also how to handle it. What do we do? Because we worry about money. We worry about our finances. Have we got enough money? If we've got some money, how do we invest it? What do we do with it? We worry about our health. You know, Dr. Google is not helpful because we worry about that little twinge or that pain or something that's going on within our body and we um, we cause it to grow and it causes us huge worries, whether it's our health or whether it's our family's health. We worry about our relationships, our marriages, our friendships. We worry about our parents and our children. We worry about our relationships and our jobs, whether we've got a job or whether we haven't got a job. It's a worry. We worry about our homes. Is it, have we got enough money to support our home? Are we living in the right place? What about our neighbors? We worry about yesterday. Did what I say yesterday, was that okay? Should I have said it? Should I have responded that way? Was it okay? And what about tomorrow? We worry about tomorrow as well. What will happen? We worry about things that we have no control over. We worry about the world. We worry about our nation. We worry about things that have absolutely nothing to do with us. And yet we worry. And God says, do not worry, which is easier said than done. Now, in the scriptures, Jesus actually speaks specifically to us concerning worry. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25 through to 27, he says to us, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your clothes, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? But you might turn to me and say, but that was Jesus. That was Jesus. He had he didn't know my life. He had a different sort of life to me. He was God. He is God. So it was totally different. But let me tell you, when Jesus was here on this earth, he didn't have an easy life. 
The Bible actually tells us quite clearly that the son of man had nowhere to lay his head. What does that mean? He literally had nowhere to lay his head. He did not have his own home. He did not have his own safe place that he could return to after trips out and he could relax in and just shut the door and keep people away. We read that people were out to get him. They were out to kill him. And actually the Pharisees, the teachers of the law and the religious leaders, they were constantly trying to trip him up or to trap him with their words. They wanted rid of this troublesome man. Jesus had all the concerns for family too. He was the oldest of his siblings. And with that position in a family comes responsibility, comes care and concern and the pressures. He felt for his mother. He cared for his mum. Now, even on the cross, when he was dying, when he was experiencing pain that we cannot imagine, he was concerned for his mum. And he spoke to John, one of the disciples, and he said, care for this woman, care for my mother. She is yours now. He felt that responsibility. He also felt that for his friends, too, because we can read in scripture that during one of his prayer times with his heavenly father, he said, I haven't lost any that you have given me, father. Jesus was on the go all the time as well. He was surrounded by crowds, the pressure of people. They made their demands of him. And he had all the pressures of life. And yet he did not worry. Now, here we are in 2023. And we've all heard of the rising statistics of anxiety disorders and mental health struggles here within the UK. And according to Google, over 30% of adults reported symptoms of anxiety and depression during February of this year, that's 2023. Some of us here that are watching now will be navigating some serious conditions, whether it be diagnosed depression or anxiety, or whether it not be diagnosed, but it's still just as bad, or may simply be living in a stage of life that is heavy and full of anxiety. Now, this today is not a place of judgment. I don't stand here speaking to you from a place of perfection, having got it sorted. No, no, we come together to God, to our father in heaven, to see where he leads us, to see what he says to us. Because what does worry do? In fact, I read it just now. Matthew 6 and verse 27 asks the question, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Now, back in World War Two, there was a lady who uh, her name was Corrie Ten Boom. You may well have heard of her. And she famously said these words, worry does not empty Tomorrow of its sorrow, 
It empties today of its strength. Now, here we have a Dutch lady. She was from the Netherlands and she and her family believed in Jesus. They were Christians and they had decided that they would hide Jewish people within their home to escape the Nazi soldiers. They built false walls in their home, in various rooms of their house. And when the soldiers were coming, they would hide people behind these walls. What a big risk. And yes, they got caught. Their family, her family, got removed and put into a Nazi concentration camp. And you know, whilst she was there, she had no idea whether she would have a tomorrow. But she was believing God for strength for her today. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Our verse today says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay, but if we look at the original root of the word that were written by Paul to the Philippian church, it's the same word that Jesus used when he was speaking to his disciples. We can find this in Luke chapter nine. Now, Jesus was sending his disciples off into different towns to go and uh, share the good news. But he said to them, take nothing. So he was saying, don't take another cloak. Don't take more sandals with you when you go. It was the nothing word that we see here when Jesus was speaking to his disciples that is then repeated by Paul in the section of scripture that we're looking at today. The translation should read, in nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer. Now, what we read in the NIV version that I started out with, actually, the translation makes more grammatical sense for us as English speakers and English readers. That helps us understand. But the original Greek actually gives us two opposite words that help us a little bit more. The words of nothing and everything. They help us understand in nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer. The nothing and everything is actually greater. It's a greater instruction for us than the do not. The do not is a simple command. You just don't do it enough. We've all said it, haven't we? We've said it to our children. I know I have. Do not do it. But here we've got greater instruction of nothing and everything. It, it speaks on what we feed our time into. Where do we put our energies? What do I dwell on? Because if I feed my worry and my anxiety, if I give it my attention and my time, what am I doing? I'm robbing time of prayer and faith and growing in trust with God and in God. I feed, I should feed everything into trust of God and give nothing to anxiety. But, you know, I've said it already, we all face anxiety, but what attention do we give it? We have to face the facts. There is no point in pretending that the situation, the worry, the concern is not there. 
There is no point in sticking our fingers in our ears or tucking our head in the sand because we need to face up to it. And actually, if there is a phone call that you have to make, then do it. If there is a conversation that you need to have or an action you need to take, then get on and do it. But greater than that, we give it to Jesus so that we don't stay in that overwhelming problem and that cycle that we can find ourselves in. The writer, Paul, he's, he also had many opportunities to worry. But here he is, whilst in a prison cell, he writes, in nothing be, uh, be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. We're not expecting that we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're not expecting that we find our own solutions. But in every situation, we come to God in prayer. And in that moment of worry, we come to God in prayer. You know, I'm sure you've heard it before. The scripture that says, take every thought captive. In that moment of worry, take that thought captive and come to God in prayer. But also, more than that, we need times where we are abiding in God. We have deeper times where we spend literally time with our Heavenly Father, where we can offload our cares onto God our Heavenly Father. Now, in those times, we can use our own words. Whatever your first language is, you can use those to speak to God, to being clear with him, with our own words. But sometimes those words don't seem to be enough. Have you ever found that they, they just don't go deep enough to how you're feeling? Well, pray in tongues. The Holy Spirit gives us this gift so that our spirit can cry out to God. The Holy Spirit within us cries out to our Heavenly Father. That connection, that, that sense of being in his presence is so wonderful. Now, we can uh, learn from a guy called Martin Luther. He lived in the 14 and 1500s. He was a theologian. He studied the word of God. And he was obviously at this time not with his wife because she had written him a letter explaining her many worries, what she was concerned for herself and for her husband and for the situation that they found themselves in. And he replied back to her which is always good, of course, when you get a letter. He replied to her with some really gentle words. He says, pray and let God worry. Okay, but actually I don't believe that God does worry. So Martin Luther was German. And, you know, I spoke a little earlier, didn't I, of the grammatical help that translation gives us when we can understand, but sometimes it doesn't go right to where it should be. And a better translation for this little phrase from Martin Luther is more like pray and let God have the care. 
But this is easier said than done, isn't it? When we come to some translations that command us, do not worry, we can come under condemnation and guilt. I've got to worry. I'm, I'm spending time thinking about it and, and I'm really struggling. But, oh, hang on. I'm commanded not to worry. So now I'm worrying that I am worrying and now I'm guilty. And, oh, that spiral, that causes us to be so concerned. But 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. Psalm 55 verse 22, cast all your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Mark in the Gospels, he tells us, do not be troubled. Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament says, do not fear. We come to our heavenly father who knows all things and we tell him our worries. Philippians 4 verse 6 goes on to say, by prayer and petition. And some translations give us another word as well. It says supplication. And this is a prayer that is asking God to do something. It's not a if your will, Lord, type prayer. It's a Lord, break in, do this, heal, heal me, restore this. It's, it's an intentional prayer. It's a specific request for ourselves or for the situation. In nothing be anxious. Therefore, don't invest time in these worries. Why? Because it saps strength. It steals your strength, but it steals your joy too. Instead, pray. Build yourself up in prayer, asking God for the solution and the breakthrough for whatever it is. Now, our summer series is called Metamorphosis, isn't it? Do you remember the Caterpillar song that we've sung about the change? And it is a process of change. It's a transformation. And this verse calls us to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit from worriers to prayers. That's actually quite hard to say because I always want to say warriors, but no, warriors, people who worry to people who pray. It's transforming nothing to everything. Be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. And not only pray, but pray with thanksgiving, regardless of what is going on. We are called to give thanks to God. We give thanks for the good things. We give thanks for the tough things. We give thanks for the unknown. We give thanks for the challenges. We give thanks to God. And this thanksgiving is actually an antidote to the anxiety that we would be feeling. This thanksgiving changes our perspective from a position of worry to lift up our downcast heads, to look at the one who has all the power, who has all the authority and all the knowledge. Our heads are lifted up from ourselves onto him 
You know, our God is a great big God. Psalm 100 verse 4 also says it so amazingly. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Our thanksgiving enables us to realise his greatness. Wow! Our thanksgiving brings in his peace and his care into our minds and our hearts of worry. We begin to experience his presence. We begin to experience and know his compassion and his kindness and his love. Be anxious for nothing. Everything we worry about is covered. This is not an insurance policy. This is not a policy that you've paid for. And then you come to read the small print and find there are quite a few exclusions that are not covered. And then also there's an excess to pay. No, no, no. Everything is covered. We are called to bring everything to God and to recall all of God's goodness and his mercy as we present our requests to God, asking for his help and his intervention. We choose peace over panic. We choose peace over panic by bringing our cares to him. So don't see it in your worries, but acknowledge them. Yes, face the facts. Yes, but these facts will not build us up or make us stronger because that comes from Jesus. He is our everything. Through prayer, accessing his promises. Remember Paul? He's the guy that wrote this to us. He was in prison when he wrote this letter. Now, let me tell you, Prior to this writing in uh, Philippians, he wrote in Acts and we know that in Acts, actually yesterday morning when I preached this the first time, Vicky read this out for us. We know that Paul had already been in prison and whilst he was in prison at that time, there was um, an earthquake. God caused an earthquake to happen and down came the walls and Paul was set free. He was released from his chains. But here he's back in prison again. Let's remember this. He faced his circumstances. He didn't pretend the walls and the chains weren't there. He was literally chained up, but he continued to write to the church. And we are the church. He writes to us. Be anxious for nothing. Lift up your heads. There is nothing for you in anxiety, but everything is for you in Jesus and his promises. So even in your chains, pray, give thanks, receive the promise of peace from Jesus into your troubled hearts. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Shall we pray? Oh, Lord God, I'm so grateful. So grateful that you speak to us and you lead us. And when you say, do not be anxious. You know, you know what that is like and how that feels. So, Lord, come to us by your Holy Spirit. 
come and fill each one as they are watching this now. Wherever they may be, Lord, come by your Holy Spirit. Bring your comfort and your peace into troubled hearts and minds. Cause us to know the greatness of who you are. Reveal a glimpse again of who you are so that our heads are lifted from ourselves and onto you because you are great and your faithfulness goes on from generation to generation. So we stand in the knowledge that you are good and you will do us good. So we cry out to you for your your breakthrough into many situations. Come, Holy Spirit, move mightily in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much.